Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. If you are new here this week via my Substack, mkhammer.substack.com, or via Barry Weiss's Honestly, where I guest hosted this week, thank you for visiting. Let me tell you a little bit about us. We are a morning show for any hour, especially happy hour. We try to cover the news without freaking you out, and we are often over-caffeinated and underprepared. And I am joined, I am Mary Catherine Ham. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm doing fine. Not much going on. My father is here for the week. I brought him down from New Jersey. It's great having a doctor in the house. Nice. Is there a doctor in a house? There the literally is, yes. is. Well, I told my family, I said, if you feel, if you don't feel well, if you have a headache, something's wrong, now's the time to speak up. Don't tell me next week yeah. <laughs> that you have like, you need an appendectomy. You ne- know. Next week, not, not helping. That's it. That's it. So other than that, doing fine. But how are you? I'm all right. By the way, I have a medic in the house and that is a very useful oh, thing it is. for kid injuries and stuff. It's like, yeah. do we need to go to the ER? And I can get a yes or a no without it's going nice. much further than my own home. It's nice. I enjoy yeah. that. Okay. My, my father tends to be very dismissive, by the way, of like, oh no, it's fine. Don't worry, it'll go away. See, that's the kind of doctor I'm into. <laughs> right. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Really. I have a couple things going on. Yeah, just a couple. To our loyal Getting Hammered listeners, the originals. The hammerheads. I have been keeping secrets from you. I apologize. Mm-hmm. It's been a it's been a whole couple of months over here. So I have two announcements, one professional, one personal. Should we do the professional one first? Your call. Okay. So if you are subscribed to the Substack, you will have seen it. mkhammer.substack.com. You will have seen my post about my my employment. I get asked by a lot of people these days. Mm. Are you still on the TV? Because I used to see you on the TV. And I say to them, ah, not really. Not really. Sometimes, very rarely. And it came to my attention why that was the case a couple months ago. And I wrote about it. So something people need to understand that understandably they don't because they're not in the cable mm-hmm. news world. When you have a job like mine where you comment on TV and you are doing it professionally, you are often signed with a network. And when you're signed with a network, you're a contract employee. I'm not a full-time employee. You're a contract employee who gets called in to do this job. You get paid to do that job, and you are exclusive to one network. So I used to work for Fox. Now I work for CNN. I've, I've toured all over. Haven't made NBC yet, but I've done both and been on sort of both sides of the, the ideological bent. Not myself personally. I have the same ideology, but I've you've traveled. Been, you've been very consistent. Yes, I've traveled through the institutions. Anyway, I've been at CNN for what since since 2016. And in July, I had been wondering for several months, what's going on? I, I haven't been on TV at all <laughs> since January. And I was sort of sending emails and feelers and I couldn't really get much. And in July, the under new management, as you guys know, and we've talked about, when Zucker was dismissed from CNN, who was the former president, under a cloud of controversy, when he was dismissed and Chris Licht came in, who is the new guy, under that new management, I got a phone call basically to explain what had happened. And what had happened was, in the words of the Fresh Prince, what had happened was (laughs) that under Zucker, I tweeted something that he didn't like. And as a result, I was benched. Now, the thing that I tweeted was in a fight with a fellow CNN colleague, Andrew Kaczynski, about coverage of the congressional baseball shooting. We had a sort of a normal back and forth, a little heated 
about this particular thing, because as you guys know, it's a hobby horse for me, the coverage of political violence and the double standard. And then it, because it got heated, I mentioned, it's interesting that I'm getting fact-checked, but we don't have anything about Tubin. Uh, I mentioned Jeffrey Tubin. Did it cross your mind at all because he's part of the network? Tubin. Yeah. At the time, Tubin was still employed by the network. Mm -hmm. I knew that. I calculated that I didn't care much <laughs> that that was the fact. Yeah. Because I thought that his particular offense mm -hmm. was such a bright line that making mention of it was in was fair play. Right. Zucker did not agree. So the 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 tale that I was told was that I was benched by him for having this fight and then having mentioned Tubin in the fight. Now there is a general rule, and this is like everybody knows this from sort of corporate environments that we try to keep it keep from shooting inside the tent, which is, you know, you don't want to go after your colleagues too hard. I get that. Yeah. That's a normal thing. You're not looking to expose embarrassing behavior or what have you or get into dust ups with people. However, Tubin and the Congressional Baseball Shooting, all these things, these are, these are national news stories that are in my purview to comment on. So I felt like I was on okay ground here. And even if I got in trouble, you know, I just get disciplined or called or well, what have you. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> seven, seven months later, I found out that essentially there was sort of a, there was a ban in place. You didn't hear from them after the tweet. You didn't, no. somebody didn't say, hey, what was that all about? And uh... no. And I was told I wasn't told because I had just had a baby and I was on maternity leave. Have you, have you and gone said, back, by the way, and gone through the uh, chronology events? Does, does that track correctly? No, I, uh, you, sort of. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was in the months after having a baby, and, mm -hmm. but I was available. I had been available yeah. for professional communications. It was not, I was not in a cave. Right. And, and just like, you know, just call me. Just call me. That didn't happen. And apparently, again, I was told. That someone in the old leadership thought I might be a loose cannon, so they couldn't tell me. So I was, this is the, again, the new leadership was like, this is what happened. Fresh, like clean slate, come on back. And I was not comfortable with that unless I said, this is where I've been. For several reasons. One, because yeah. I, I cannot keep my mouth shut, Fig. You? What? Yeah, I know. Shocking. Even when, it's, even when it doesn't work to my advantage, <laughs> again, I keep my mouth shut. Number two, I thought, well, a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. A lot of pe people either noticed I was gone or knew that there was some sort of barring right. for a long period of time and don't know why. And they must think I did something terrible. Well. <laughs> so, in fact, I was, I was barred for one month less than Tubin himself for his offense. Eight months to seven months is the, the comparison there. So that just, that stuck in my craw, yeah. Vic. It yeah. stuck in my craw and I couldn't be quiet. So a, a couple things. One, do you think their decision not to tell you because you had just had a baby, do you think that was a, an actual discussion like studies show, like an office, <laughs> like study, like an office space? You know, we think it's best to lay people off on Friday afternoons, that kind of a thing. I don't. I don't know. I oh, think. Or was it just very informal? Like, oh, let's not tell her she's had. You know what? Like, the, and hopefully she this, doesn't realize she hasn't been on TV. So, well, some of this seven months. I, some of this I do think is sort of getting lost in the works because I'm. Mm -hmm. I'm. If I'm not, 
look, I wasn't a priority. I know that. It was a turbulent time at the network. Yeah, yeah. Some of this is that. But again, seven months. Like, just Mm -hmm. someone call me. Call me. I can have the conversation. Right. Anyway, I chose to write about the write a. I'm a writer. Have I mentioned that? And a professional speaker. I chose to write about this, which is a little dicey, but I just felt like I couldn't comfortably do the job I have. I had been asked to do again mm-hmm. without disclosing what had happened. So now I'm sort of in an awkward position, but I was in an awkward position before. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You, you mentioned Jeffrey Tubin and his suspension. He had a welcome back interview. Do you yes, remember that with Alison Camerata? And I don't think she felt comfortable doing that. But again, I, w- I will not speak for her. So but they I thought pay that was, her the big bucks. I thought the I thought that interview was an odd choice. Yep. No, that so, was also under the Zucker as as like things are changing over there. Out. Things yeah. are changing over there. Perhaps bringing me back was supposed to be sort of part of this change. But again, just kind right. of. With the quiet, I can't do. The and they did shed some of the talent over there, as yes. you know, with John yes. Harwood, for example, Brian Stelter. Folks have been have been leaving. I'm yeah. sort of the other side of the the coin. Since um, since your story came out, did has anyone reached out from the network? Okay, so let's assume that the corporate has not said, "Hey, that was an interesting piece. Come on back and talk about it on a show," without you having to name names. Has anyone from sent you a note like one, saying, "Hey, one friendly reach out"? Really, yeah. saying thinking of you or <laughs> what the heck? A combination of the two. Oh, really? Combination of the two. So. Yeah. You know, I, you're all, you're always going to come up against, especially I think in a in a sort of public facing career, mm-hmm. a career mm-hmm. that's full of people who are sort of jockeying for spotlight, which is yeah. what TV is a lot of times. And in this political world where it's weird right. and sometimes gross, you're always going to come across people who don't treat you correctly. Yeah. Sometimes the better part of valor is to let it roll off your back. I've done that a couple of times in my career and I've just moved on to the next often bigger and better thing and said that that will speak for itself, right? But at this one in particular, I thought it seems like sort of the opposite of the ethos mm-hmm. of the Me Too movement. Like, mm-hmm. weren't we supposed to learn that commenting on these things publicly mm-hmm. is in fact the more healthy path than being quiet about them? And and I and I told because I'm I am likely to say things to everyone's face that I say in yeah. writing. I said in in this conversation, I reject the notion yeah. that Jeffrey Tubin's offense is the one that I have to be quiet about because I have talked right. publicly about so many allegations of sexual misconduct mm-hmm. that I actually have a a rubric for how I determine what is a credible allegation because during all the Me Too movement, I was like, well, I don't want to be publicly convicting people when that's not really my role and it's not fair. So I had like a four-point list that I would go down to determine, okay, how credible is this allegation? That's how often I talk about sexual misconduct. And yet this one's off limits. And I just said, no, I'm I'm a no on that. And I'll take the I'll take the punishment for it. Do you have any regrets after having hit the publish button? No, I feel so much better. (laughs) Sort of this elation, like this burden off your chest this is my friend guy benson i talked to and he was like i know you and you will this will eat you up forever if you don't say anything yeah that's right and the thing is about you and anyone who knows you is you know what you see is what you get yeah there's not like a, there's not like a different you like on air 
And then when we turn it off. That is what I strive for. There's me. That's what I strive for. Sometimes it's messy. No, no. <laughs> but, I mean, versus me, like this is the PG version of me. Which that's is true, like that's You go to Subbeacon, it's a different mine version. Mine has slightly less cussing, this, yeah. this version yeah, of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I and I, I also strive just not to be a drama queen in general. Right. And I try to I try to stay measured, whether it's about the news or my personal life, and just sort of like take things in stride. This one just required a different action. And other people would have different reactions. And I get that. And maybe they will do things more quietly. And that's not even the wrong way to do things. This is just what felt I'm living this yeah. is me living my truth. But <laughs> well and, and network and network aside, you've gotten great reactions, right? From everybody else. All throughout, I mean, it was on social media, but in, and besides that, is there a general consensus of what uh, the mood of what people are saying? Like, yes, you did the right thing, or oh, you should have known better than you know working for those people. Or... Actually, not that much of that. Yeah. Although it's, I always forget when something goes like a little bit viral, I f I forget what it's like to have haters. I'm like, oh, look, oh. they're back. <laughs> they showed up again. So a little bit of that. Yeah. But like I said in the piece, and the, and I mean this. The reason that I go places like CNN or college campuses, or I mentioned my own hometown, which is nothing but liberals, and they're all like yeah. all of my friends from home, is because I believe it is better for institutions not to be so, so, so one sided. That it is right. good to have other voices in the room. It's good for me to be that voice. It's good for me to test my notions with these folks who disagree with me. It's yeah. good for them to have their notions tested. And so I try to do that in a sort of honest broker right. kind of way. And sometimes I fall short, but I attempt to do that. So the, there's a reason for, for working there. It's thought provoking is the whole point. Yeah. Just like, this is how critical mm -hmm. thought works. You have to test yeah. it. Yeah. You have to test it. Uh, it's very easy to just get stuck in an echo chamber and then everyone gets to pat each other on the yes. back. But mostly just like the reaction is like, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, does this sound good? <laughs> it didn't feel good. Do you, do you have, have you, do you have many thoughts that you can share now about I'm getting my voice. I'm like fading away. About what do you want to do from what happens from here? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, we got great material for the show. The so die is cast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I, look. Okay. Like I said, I had been, I had been invited back and understood that writing this might mean that I would not be eventually. So that's sort of. But up. as of now, you're technically still with the network. Yeah. They that's, haven't that's, they haven't contacted anybody lawyers or anything like that, right? Everything's fine. That's my knowledge. Yeah, okay. That's so you may knowledge. you may be on later today on inside politics. You never know. I better brush my hair. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Okay, get ready for that call. I haven't had to do my makeup yeah. in seven months. <laughs> By the way, when you inquire, when you're like, hey, you know, just checking in, they decided there at no time they didn't want to take an opportunity to reply and say, Well, no, no they were just no. like no. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's here where I am. we are. But given that the, you know, I really I like to time things well, as you know, Vic. I'm yes. a real I'm a real planner, <laughs> which is why I took this path when I am another announcement. Twenty eight weeks pregnant with my fourth child. So you <laughs> because, know, some people wait earlier, ever, but if there's ever a time to sort of detonate a bomb in your career, it's when you're in your third trimester. 
So <laughs> congratulations, officially. Listeners will uh, who, who might be wondering, you know, so I have known about it, and Jennifer, our producer, has known about it for quite some time now. I think early on you told us when you were pregnant, and we had to keep that in mind. I think only once I slipped, and yeah. we had to edit that had to out, because I was asking you about your glucose test. Yes. Well, and it's not private for any reason. It just, actually, the, the reason is, to the extent there is a reason, is just that this pregnancy has been, surprise, surprise, my, I'm so old. I'm ancient, guys. That's another thing about <laughs> being off TV is like, well, I'm a woman on TV in my 40s. Like, I'm aging in dog years, guys. You got to get me on there. I got to, I got to put in, I got to put in some work for the <laughs> end of this career. So, so as I, as I was saying, I'm very old and this is my easiest pregnancy. Of all of it's them, a chill. which means that I didn't have to disclose it early. My last one, I had to disclose it early because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, right. I couldn't talk to people. I couldn't go out. I mm -hmm. couldn't, I could barely work. Like yeah. it was, it was yeah. very yeah. rough. So with this one, I just, I just didn't this really. Was, this one is reversed. The, the baby is chill and then they weren't calling you to do a, a show. So <laughs> true. Go, it figures. So here I am, big and pregnant. It's yeah, they, def they definitely knew because you can't hide it in person. Nice there are people belly. in my office that noticed, and they weren't sure. They said, did she put on some weight? <laughs> so so it's funny because, yeah. oh, yes, and for those who, who follow, I had a baby last October, okay? Last October. So You're bordering on Irish twins. It's not your imagination yeah. that these are close together. This is, <laughs> this is the last eggs out of the station, this guys. <laughs> Fire sale. Freaks. So they are close together. It's funny when I see people, they, they, you can watch them do the math. Of like, she had that, baby, I know. didn't she? Because so like, it's close enough the, that they're she, like, yeah. So was she still in the hospital when? Okay. So. <laughs> so yes, I did have that other baby, and I will now have this one. So we'll make four total, and that is also the reason for the renovation that was happening at the yes, house. Yes, to make room, make yeah, make room for baby. Yeah, we're just gonna just gonna stack these kids as high as they'll go in that house well and 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 your aim is to also go when the big day happens to the same place you like to go to that place mm -hmm. to have the baby it's not because I I love... it's not a hospital that quote unquote that it's place fine. it's fine it's yeah. a it's a birth center yes, yes. I'm, I'm very crunchy about the, my birth, the birth center. my my husband jokingly and lovingly calls them the witches they are midwives <laughs> medical professionals yes. guys okay? okay but yes i Living. i tend to tend to go there so that's that's the plan that's the plan. I did take my glucose test to find out if yeah. I am too pre-diabetic, and yeah. I'll find out this week. Okay, yeah, because I, I don't want to I, – I hope I'm the only one on the show who's pre-diabetic. I'm just going to put it that way. That would be I, ideal. I normally would appreciate the solidarity, but I really hope – I think you look great. I think you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. All right. I feel okay. And last last time I had to take that – like I said, I had to take that three-hour test, and I don't want to do that. All the, all the no. ladies who have been pregnant know yeah. what I'm talking about. And it is not fun. Right. So, the potential for gestational yeah. diabetes, as they yes, call it. Yes, that's what yeah. they're screening you for. Yeah. And sometimes you fail the first test, which is the easier version. And you have to go in and take another test, which is like an, the SAT version. Right. It's like a three-hour sit with four blood draws. And it is not fun. So I would like to avoid that when it's possible. So, yeah, that's my... Here we are. That is my joyous and not-so-joyous <laughs> news on getting hammered. You heard it here first-ish after my substack. And we we and we haven't even gotten to the other news yet. So this is this is this is, uh, welcome. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to all these those of you who are still listening. Welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so
So, look, that was breaking, man. That was. And you, but you've been very busy. I have. So I, I guest hosted, honestly. Huge. Barry Weiss's podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. And I got to talk to Iranian activist Masi Alinejad, who is quite amazing. Mm-hmm. And so we'll talk a little bit about Iran, but just take the time to listen to that podcast. So often revolutions or attempted revolutions or protests and unrest in other countries can sort of fly by you. Honestly, there's a lot going on in the world. So that's understandable. It can sort of get by you and you don't have a real emotional connection to them or you haven't spent a lot of time invested in it. If you take, what, about an hour or a little more to listen to Masi Alinejad, she's fierce. She's fantastic. She is a, a very enthralling speaker super passionate, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. And she really just brings sort of heart to the conversation as opposed to just sort of watching news clips and and hearing the sort of dry reporting on this. She was banned from her home country. She came to interview President Obama, got a visa to do so. She was a reporter in Iran. She grew up in Iran. And she explains to the podcast, because I asked, like, you know, you you were too when the original revolution happened, wow. oh, you yeah. have no sort of uh, institutional memory of, or you have no personal memory of freedom. Mm-hmm. What what lit this fire? And she said watching her brother have freedoms and she didn't have them. And so, oh, sure. Yeah, so the she inequality. Would, right. And so yeah. she, would, she would be mad that she couldn't do the things that he, do, he did. So it sort of started there. So she was sort of an activist all through. She was in jail at one point when she was young in Iran, became a reporter, then got banned from Iran when she was over here on a visa to interview Barack Obama, President Obama. Mm-hmm. She didn't get that interview. She thought she was going to. She didn't get that interview because, because the White House, she says, was afraid that it would sort of derail the, the Iranian yeah, uh, well, negotiations. The, such a the great message. deal. That, the great deal that it was. Um, yeah. Or no, it was, it was during the Green Revolution. They were mm-hmm. afraid that it would send the wrong message. In 2008, yeah. yeah. That's right. And so she didn't get that interview. She's been here ever since. And the Iranians have tried to kill her several times yeah. since she's been here. She's, in fact, while we were doing the, the episode, we had to send her mic to a different safe house because she had to move. I was going to ask you, logistically speaking, so she was, was it Zooming or was it, it was video from undisclosed location? Yes, we Zoomed. She's in an undisclosed location and that location changed on the day of the taping. So we had to sort of courier her stuff yeah. <laughs> over to another place. Yeah. And that's what it looks like to be. An yeah. Iranian feminist yeah. activist but as in you the know, United States of America. But as, as we all know, now they can actually get to you. Yeah. Right. So. So she, she at one point, I think they, they tried to kidnap her once. They, there was a, an actual mm-hmm. attempted murder foiled in front of her home yeah. in Brooklyn. And so now she's sort of, you know, off, off the grid a bit while also being this giant vocal activist. It's pretty amazing. It's very fascinating that, you know, there is, you know, a whole generation that was born either with, you know, they were children at the time of the revolution or they were born after now. And there are many of them, right? It's a very young generation in Iran. And so they have no sense of what it was like under the Shah, you know, for better and for worse, but certainly Western fashion and the embrace of Western culture and and everything else that had changed and the pendulum had swung radically, as you know, and, and, and now this pushback, it's the reverse of you know, all the Germans that were born now at, after 1989, and they have no sense right. of what oppression was like in, in, in East Germany, the, demo, the quote-unquote democratic republic. And it's in the reverse direction. And that despite the fact not knowing what they never had, 
in her position, in, in Masi's position, they know it's wrong. Yes. What was your sense talking to her? You know, we talked in the previous episodes about, you know, other protests and uprisings in the past that have been crushed, going back to 2008, the Green Revolution, and wondering, well, you know, let's not, and I think we said this, and I said this, you know, let's not get our hopes up that, right. you know, the, there's a more of a likelihood that it's like 56 Hungary or 68 Prague. What is her sense that, is this like that? Is she optimistic, pessimistic? So I asked her that, sort of a, a polite and dressed up way of saying, is this going to fizzle out like the other two, yeah. right? And, and, and she said to her, the difference is that certainly with the Green Revolution and 2017 one as well, the shouting in the streets started from a point of, can we get a few reforms? Right. Mm -hmm. It was it was very specific things that they wanted to change. They want they wanted to work within the system to mm -hmm. some extent because they thought that mm -hmm. was the only option. She said this one went very quickly. If there was even a movement at all, it it almost went directly to the whole system has to go down. Just, wow. And the hijab is the entry point to yep. that. But it wasn't. Please give us some reforms to compulsory hijab. That's not the request. The right. request is y'all got to go. Well, and in particular, more... because of the reaction, it's because a woman was beaten to death. Yes. Her name was Masa Al Amini. Masa okay. Amini. See, yeah. look, I'm, I'm, I tried to rehearse them. That for was the... really good. At, and you had no notes when you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, Masi and Masa, you got to. Yeah. Masa Amini was, was killed in, right. in custody over having some hair showing, not all of her hair. Right. Some hair showing. And that sparked all of this. And now they're just like, and it is truly amazing to watch. Teenage girls who have no memory of freedom out there with their hair flowing in the streets and facing real chance of death. I mean, several teenage girls have been murdered during yeah. this uprising. I was going to say, and it really is, you know, this confrontation with the morality police and taunting them and saying, do you really want to beat a girl? Right. You know, and they've death, sent, you know, the Iranian government has sent speakers to schools where women are, and they're just ripping off their hijabs Talking and yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you know. truly pretty stunning. So you'll get a very emotional take on it. And I'm also al always fascinated by the bravery of people who do have to leave their families and loved ones yeah. behind, and that those people are in danger because of the work right. they do. That is a very serious thing. Right. And they have been, her family's been used against her to sort of be on state TV and talk about how terrible she is under duress, of course. They've been enlisted to help with kidnapping attempts of right. her. So it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's the, the, the price of fighting for freedom in a really, really repressive right. place. And, and, and the regime itself knows that reform is a slippery slope. So that's why. I mean, they well, can't, and she says that herself. She says the hijab, compulsory hijab, is the, is the wall. That's it. That, that's, the, that's the Berlin Wall. If you, if you, if you start ch chipping away at that, the, oh, the, the whole, whole thing, thing falls, falls apart. apart. Mm -hmm. hey, look at that. Look at that. In sync. No, that's great. Did she talk about, she didn't, did she mention about the Ayatollah's health because people talk about he's sick and this is another factor and what was going to happen? I mean, it's all converging yeah. right now in Iran. She did not, she didn't get into that, yeah. but she did feel like this is materially different yeah. than the other two okay. uprisings and that she, she had a great, because it is this weird line that the U.S. has to walk, right? Because aligning too much behind activists makes you American aligned. In fact, mm -hmm. she gets that she gets that accusation all the time that yeah, she's yeah, just funded well be, by the West. Yeah, and, I was going to say, might as well be like a CIA spy. Right. And she says, she says, look, I'm not looking for the U.S. to 
rescue Iranian men and women. We are brave enough to rescue ourselves. What I am looking for is for the West not to rescue the Iranian regime. That Which, was her. That, like, I was about to ask you, like, what does she bailing, want us? Stop bailing them out, yeah, please. Yeah, I was going to say, what is with you? your your pallets of billions. Well, it doesn't It doesn't look like that as far as we know and from the reporting, certainly from Adam Credo here at the Washington Free Beacon, that any progress is going to be made on the uh, reviving the, the joint comprehensive plan right. of action, the right. Iranian nuclear deal. So I don't think that's off the table now. And certainly in light of everything else, I mean, it's they get about, so obsessed. It's about time. They get so obsessed with wanting to make a deal at any cost. Yeah. But this is too far now. Yeah. It, so. it, it created this it was this perpetuation of this myth that there were people, honest brokers worth dealing with, that there was mm -hmm. reform, that, that yeah. these people were capable of reform. And then, you know, they deceived the American right. voters as well. And, and while they were at it. So, yes, the, the, they may have to at long last drop that attempt. Yeah. But that's good to know that that's where she wants the U.S. to be sort of in between these yeah, two. Yeah, she's like, just, just don't just don't bail them out, please. Right. And and she also went into, you know, Western feminists and like... I was going to ask, that was my next question. Should, what about the Western, you know, are there more now in, the, in these weeks or less? I think I think there's been a little fewer. bit more speaking up, but, she, yeah. you know, she says like, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of this, like, you got to respect the culture. And she's like, this isn't a culture, it's a requirement. Right. It's a requirement. It is oppression. Right. And so she 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 talks about sort of how because of concerns about offending minorities, people get too concerned about not... And like feminists go to Iran and will wear the hijab because they're mm -hmm. just, it's just requested, but mm -hmm. that's actually oppression and you're just abetting this. So she talked about a lot of that too. So it's well, a good listen for our, for our listeners. You will enjoy it. It is a great dilemma for certain people in this country who are very much pro-rights, let's say pro-gay rights and everything else. But when it comes to being respecting other religions and interpretations of that religion, then they get a little bit more, you know, yes. they don't want to actually you know, address the situation right. of gays being executed. Well, or and the fear is that you would yeah. that you would sort of seed Islamophobia, right? And she says, you know, Islamophobia is irrational fear, but I have a rational fear, right, of this repressive Islamist right. government that wants to kill me, mm -hmm. and these women have a rational fear. So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway, if you want to be inspired. And also be Tune like, in. hey, just yeah. I am just every time I talk to dissidents, especially those mm -hmm. who have to flee and leave people behind and face incredible punishments, I'm I'm amazed at just the courage of it. And it's right. it's good. No, it's it's good, good perspective for our lives here. So and a, and a way to just stay informed about Wonderful. real, real fights that are going on in the world. So we talked about that. Enjoy. Honestly, with Barry Weiss, temporarily with me. There will be other episodes as well. Because she, too, is. On leave, right? Yes. Her wife just had a baby, mm -hmm. so yeah. she's out. Let's talk about PayPal. Are you a yes. PayPal guy? I am because uh, apparently nobody exchanges cash, you know, physically anymore. Right. And so I had to get on something. And here's what happens is I said, fine, I'll get on one of these things. In fact, I got on two of these things because people tell me, oh, you know, I just do PayPal, go PayPal, and then mm -hmm. I can do a transaction. Fine, go PayPal. Then, and then I talk to somebody else. Now, actually, I only do Apple Pay. So now I'm on Apple Pay. Now that I have two, you know what everyone tells me? Venmo. Yeah. So I'm going to have three different ways, three different ways of accessing my bank account. That's too much. And it's too, it's too scary. And it's too dangerous. But yes, I use PayPal. But apparently not many people that I know 
use it now because they're all on Venmo. What about you? Okay, so I use all of them. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the. I'm so. I'm so. I'm so late millennial on this. I I have all of them, but I am. I'm actually. I'm not much of a boycotter kind of person. It takes a lot. Takes a lot. As I said, I try to be sort of even keeled. Uh, It'll make you go crazy. Then you can't use a lot of big companies. It takes a lot Mm -hmm. to push me too far. But this PayPal one bothers me. And this is what happened. This is reporting in, in Fortune magazine. Next time you're clicking through one of those impossibly long and impenetrable legal disclaimers to a company's terms of services, it may be time to have a closer look. A new policy in PayPal's fine print triggered a storm of outrage over apparent plans to impose, starting on November 3rd, a hefty fine of $2,500. Anytime one of its 429 million consumers and merchants express what the corporate brass deemed to be information, misinformation. PayPal quickly apologized over the weekend for what it called confusion, claiming it was all just an error, but not before a deluge of criticism from a number of high-profile indiv- individuals, including its former president, Dave Mar- David Marcus. He took to Twitter and said, It's hard for me to openly criticize a company I used to love and gave so much to, but PayPal's new AUP goes against everything I believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something they disagree with. Insanity. It was oh. also founded by Peter Thiel, so I imagine yeah. it's outside of his ethos as I'm well. I'm sure he does not like that. And, and of course, Elon Musk also, with, who is a co-founder of PayPal, also chimed in and said agreed. Agreed. So it worries me for this reason, because they meant to do this. Yeah. They didn't mean to get caught. That's right. There's no confusion. They just thought it would slide under the radar, and it didn't. Thank goodness for people keeping an eye out on this. I don't, I don't like keep a balance in there or anything. So I guess it'd be hard. It might be hard to punish me if I, right. if I had, no, I don't criminal do thoughts. Either, but. <laughs> if I had thought crime, but I don't like this impulse at all. And I think they wanted to do this. Yeah. A lawyer friend of mine had a great thread where she said, "Look, <laughs> people keep asking how did this get past legal." She's like, "I'll tell you how. Lawyers have a an ethical duty to their clients." And they give their clients a list of things they can do. Mm-hmm. And if the clients choose stupidest option, the lawyer can try to tell them that's not a good idea. But in the end, yeah. you kind of have to build the best justification for your client and let them do what they're going to do. So she said the reason it got past legal is because the client wanted it to go. That's right. I think that, the, you know, that's supposed to be this is supposed to be the trend that we're heading in. Right. This is the direction of progress, if you will, that we're supposed to be going in, in which financial institutions, which are already very woke, get to decide who can do business with them. For what reasons? Based on their politics. You know, and remember in Canada during the the, the trucker convoy and people who are being punished financially for if, if they were giving money to the convoy. I think about our, here stateside, our friends at Black Rifle Coffee. Right. Enormous difficulty getting banking institutions to do business with them. Well, they're they're trying to put special flags on ammo and gun purchases so that, you know, basically basically you become marked because you have done this kind of icky purchase, Mm -hmm. which is not safe. Like this is... And they also didn't feel comfortable, just they said the banking institutions that they were dealing with did not, uh, and that they they applied with Black Rifle Coffee, so they didn't feel comfortable with some of the names of their coffees. (sighs) You know, silence or smooth, which, by the way, I have had silence or smooth, and it is very smooth. Lovely. It really, it's really, really good. So, and I like coffee, but this is all under the rubric, right, of ESG, right? Mm-hmm. Environmental, social governance, BlackRock, those kind of companies. This is where they want to go. And I agree, they, they just got caught. Yeah. But the other question is, of course, 
you know, had this gone through, had they gotten away with this, the who's deciding who gets who is the arbiter well, of misinformation? You're just going to take my money because you don't like what I think. Yeah. Crazy town. They're, they're like they're like judges or they will probably be treated like a revered fact checkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm sure there's a board. Yeah. Like several college professors will sit on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's, well, well, good. That's it's so good I, news that they. I got, but here's the thing: stopped, there's, there's but, nowhere to go, right? Because they're all yeah. chasing ESG. They're all chasing yeah. black. They're yeah. trying to be as as right yeah. as possible, and right. I, by that I mean as left as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so they're all chasing this. By the way, I was a I was an original Venmo user, like in the very, very, very early days of Venmo, because this is like the dumbest, nerdiest founder story. I was at South by Southwest. Which is a, a place uh-huh. yeah. where the tech nerds gather in Austin. gather before the yeah. before the cool music mm-hmm. people come in. The tech nerds would mm-hmm. do a thing. It's like 2008, 2009. And I believe, <laughs> I think it was the founder, came up to me in South by Southwest and said, will you try downloading my new thing? So I can, like, I'm testing with users. <laughs> and I did it. And I got my my username way back in 2008 or 2009, whenever it started. And and I looked it up later and realized that the guy who approached me and just said, will you please download my app was the founder of Venmo. So hi there. If you ever want to just throw some VC money at me or something, I'm around. <laughs> Especially <laughs> remember, now. Remember that time I helped you out by downloading <laughs> your app? Anyway, but I like to be able to do that easily. I'm never going to be a person who is disciplined enough or non-lazy enough to keep cash lying around to do transactions, which means I guess just the like the social credit economy is going to sink me, man. <laughs> I well, no, I was, I, 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 you know, I used to be very much against it. I used cash and everything, you know, wherever where I used to go. And I used to make fun of people that, you know, they, there was the, the commercials for Visa, everyone's using their yeah. card and it's disruptive if you took cash out. But I honestly, then you just ended up using your card all the time. And I was at Chop the Salad Place and a guy had a $20 bill and the person on the other side had to yell out, we got cash and everything stopped. <laughs> and then a manager had to come out. It was See, crazy. So this is, I have, I, I have a dilemma because I'm libertarian, but lazy. Like, I don't want you tracking my stuff yeah. until it helps me. Yeah, that's right. That's then right. it makes my life that's easier. Right. That's human. So. so. <laughs> oh, from libertarian lazy to libertarian and crazy. Oh, Kanye boy. West. Oh, yes. Rude. It's rude about mental illness because I think he probably has. Yay. Relationship. Yay. I don't. I'm not saying yay. Y a y. I'm saying yay. His name. No. It's also yeah. yeah. Yee. Leads ye. Oh, sorry. Although it makes sense that it would be yay. Yeah, Con- I think yay. it's ye. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm not saying yay. Mental illness. Uh, could we solicit some emails about this, please? Yeah. You can okay. email us at hammered at nebulouspodcast.com. Among That's the many, yes. one of them, among the many things we probably got wrong, tell us. How are pronouncing this name? You can connect with us, and we'll investigate this very important story. Okay. It's also sort of insulting to libertarians because he's not really libertarian either. So apologies to everybody. All over the place. Twitter and Instagram remove anti-Semitic posts from Kanye West. Okay, so this is this is on the heels of Kanye last week. I didn't cover this because, oh my gosh, Kanye. Yeah. I can't keep up with the Kanye and the Kim and the everyone. And there's so much, they break so much news that's not news. Anyway, he was out and about with Candace Owens wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt or sweatshirt sweatshirt let's fact check me live sweatshirt and at a fashion show i believe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this is a big to-do and everybody gets angry and says you're missing the point of blm and you know he disagrees with anyway whatever it's exhausting and people got mad like oh you're the white supremacist no you're the white supremacist right 
And then he goes on Tucker Carlson's show. They, oh, they did right. an interview. It was a real victory lap for him. And here, <laughs> here's the thing, too, is that often because the right doesn't get a ton of celebrities. There's a lot of excitement. Yeah, there's a lot of fanfare and there's a lot of sort of going face first into support for whomever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the celebrity might be, which in the case of Kanye, it seems fairly obvious to me that that's a, a treacherous a treacherous alliance mm-hmm. to strike. Now, it must be said that treacherous alliances on the on the left oh. never get any attention. No. So they, <laughs> it's no. fine if you align with whomever has yeah. whatever crazy Hollywood thought, as long as you're left of center. Anyway, Kanye went a little went a little sideways on the on the social media. Did what did he say? Twitter confirmed mm-hmm. Sunday that it had removed a tweet by Ye, <laughs> the musician and fashion designer formerly known as Kanye West. Oh, did he like technically change his name? I didn't realize that. And temporarily, temporarily prohibited him from further posts on the platform as the fallout from his recent anti-Semitic comments on social media continued. His account at Kanye West was locked for violating Twitter's policies. A Twitter spokesman said in an email Sunday, declining to state which policy he had violated. The account shows that a recent tweet violated Twitter rules. Though the tweet is no longer visible, it said that he would go DEFCON 3. Not DEF, but DES. DEF, D-E-A-T-H, yes. on all caps, Jewish people. And he also said that he can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jews, Jews also. Well, here's, you know, if you were if you were a publicist, right, if you were a publicist for a con- Yi, if you were a publicist mm-hmm. for Yi, you know what you would say? DEFCON 3 is sort of a defensive condition. It's not nuclear war. DEFCON 1 yeah, yeah, would yeah. be very... DEFCON 3 is just a little concern. A lot of people get it's, the, the order get, wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he got right in the middle. He, he got still right in the, See that? He got right in the middle. So you could say, well, he's just a little worried. Uh, yes, if you want to get the... I'm saying if you're a publicist, not me. Just saying be wary of these people. If, if you're not sure which way the DEFCON's going, watch War Games. It's a... It's, that, 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 you'll, what you'll never forget. It's DEFCON 1 is bad. No, I thought he... You know, I said, wow, he's he's really on a roll here. He was on Tucker's show. He's expressing his pro-life convictions. What about 2024? And then. Yeah. And, na- <laughs> yeah. and, and now we basically know who he thinks probably controls the international banking well, system. Well, and I think it sounds mm-hmm. it sounds like he might have gotten into the black Hebrew Israelites mm-hmm. sort of discussion. Uh, yeah. And their talking points, which is not a good place no. to be. Here's the thing. I, I think. I think his tweet probably does violate. Yeah. Those, and therefore, you're suspended sure. for those reasons. Here's what bugs me about all of this. The Ayatollah is still on Twitter. Yeah. Like, yeah. if those are the rules, mm-hmm. it seems to me that he might be up for a suspension every now and then as well. Right. It was the same thing with Ahmadinejad at the time during early Twitter. But I mean, again, if you know, they're always oh, a world leader. So, you know, they really don't do anything much about that. Again, with a lot of these celebrities... You might like some aspect of them, perhaps the music, you like the music or whatever, and you really don't want to know about their other opinions. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, again, I mentioned this uh, in the last episode or two, like Charles Lindbergh, you know, oh man, that guy's such an amazing aviator. Oh, he's so courageous, you know, such skill. And then he starts, oh, and then he starts talking oh. about his good buddy, Herman Goering, you know, yeah. and this really cool medal he gave him, you know, yes, it's like- it can, it can go, it can go badly it quickly. It can go badly. Just go badly. I might. My, my take is, I'm, I'm the charitable take is that he's not well. Yes. Yeah. And you know what the weird thing is? You know what I thought about this? It was when he met with Trump after Trump was elected, but not sworn in yet. So he was Trump was president elect, and remember people were coming to Trump Tower, you know, oh, to yeah. you know 
pay homage to him. And and Kanye West was one of the people who were there, who was there. And on his way out, the two of them walk out. And this is crazy, but I remember this because Trump shook his hand and, and it was the way that Trump looked at him and he said something to the effect of you're going to be all right or something that even I thought that even Trump knew. Oh, geez. There's something wrong with him. Yeah. And it was it was weird because I just remember that exchange that it was off. It was not like he was, you know, here he is with his arm around him and everybody, this guy endorses me. He he gave him a handshake and just, and Trump just looked at him like, okay, you're going to be okay. Like who knows what was discussed right, up right. there and what he told, you know, Trump to do, but whatever. Anyway, that's my thought. Not yeah. well. My friend Carol Markowitz, who writes the New York Post, tweeted something along the lines of like, look, I'm not here for this. This is a mm -hmm. very old kind of hate. Yeah. It's very familiar. You don't get any free passes on it. Nope. It doesn't invalidate everything that Kanye's ever said. And also he should get some professional help. That's, that's evergreen. Right. There you go. I mean, that's kind of, mm -hmm. that's the bottom line. But yeah, and also just like, don't embrace every no. celebrity in, in no. full or, or politician, by the way. They're all just like, woo, everyone's, yeah. everyone's, that's my term yeah. or what everyone yeah. is right now. Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay. But yeah. let me ask you one one yeah. lightning round question, Vic. Shoot. It just occurred to me. It's Halloween season. We oh. need to know where you stand. Candy corn. Yeah. Ye or nay? Oh, oh uh, yeah, ye. The answer is ye. Although, you know, with my A1C, as you know, I can't have much no, sugar. be very careful. I'm just having more savory. But uh, I'm not pretty. There are people, I guess, who don't like candy corn. Yeah, oh, I, I, oh, there's a I, universe I, of people who don't like it. Are you one of them or no? I'm not. As usual, we agree. If there's a weak point in this duo, it's <laughs> yeah, that we it's agree too, too often. Yeah, no. And I no, like right. candy corn. Yeah. I think it no, tastes I think, good. I think it's good. Oh, Mounds Almond Joy. I love Mounds. Yeah, most, you know. It is the most. My wife is the same way. It is the dumbest, most old people candy of all time. Like dark chocolate and coconut. My kids are like, come on, mom. Almond Joy. You got two meals in one. You yeah. get the almond and the coke. This is why I get a martini with olives, by the way, because it's like you get the meal and the drink. Blue cheese stuffed olives. Oh, and well, then you up it another, another yeah, little no, bit. No, you don't even need it. You don't need an appetizer. This is another subject we okay. cover frequently on getting hammered. Food and drink. Food and drink, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I do have just a clarification from the last episode. We talked about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the midst of doing this Hurricane Ian, you know, uh, with the damage and everything else right. that was that was, that was wreaked on the state of Florida. And people were making a lot, a, a lot about the white boots that he was wearing. And in fact, it's not a fashion statement. Our producer, Jennifer Hopful, who comes from an island mm -hmm. in Maryland, explained to us that that is what they wear. They don't want to scuff up the, the boats. And the color of the boots is a standard color, which is white. Right. So that's For the way fisherman it looks. Boots. It is not go-go boots. <laughs> this is what he was doing, and he was, you know, a man of the people. Yeah, no, another listener wrote in and confirmed ah. she had moved to Florida. This is Sarah. She yeah. had moved to Florida six months ago, and she noticed these white boots everywhere, and that it's a that's mm -hmm. what people use to mm -hmm. do the work. Yeah. So there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Now you know where the white now boots you know. came I, from, I, thanks I, to Jennifer and Sarah. That's right. I only wear my boat shoes, and I guess that my Pete Buttigieg boat shoes, so I, I think that doesn't count. And somebody else has to do the actual work. Those are work. not working man's boots. No, oh, they're not. I have, I have a correction as well. Oh. My husband, Steve, would like me to tell you that he was not at a minor league baseball stadium while he was doing recovery and rescue work down in Florida. He was at apparently the Red Sox spring training facility. Oh, wow. So that's why that looked mm -hmm. real, real swanky. 
I mean, not that's why they were intense, where, but where, you know. Was he sleeping in third base? I mean, like. <laughs> yes. You know. No, they they were just in trucks and tents oh, outside. Oh, okay. I thought they were like yeah. on the field. But they had okay. they could use the bathroom and stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. well, it's so good, good facilities. Yeah. And, you, and you can just spit wherever you want. You're like inspired by the the, the, the location to just yes. like chew tobacco yeah, and He spit. is back now, by the way. Oh, and Excellent. a, and a God quick, bless. quick shout out to the a collaboration between a... Christian charity in Florida called Matthew 25 Ministries, I believe, and Tide that he said was, you never, you don't think about these things in logistics unless you work in logistics. Mm -hmm. But in a disaster zone, he goes down there to work for a week with a bunch of other people. They pack light because you're not bringing a lot into a disaster zone. And then you're disgusting because you're working all day in these clothes. This team came in, got their clothes, cleaned them, and then returned them to them so that they could have clean clothes during the week. And just thank you to those guys and for the little simple blessings that make that work possible. Wonderful. Yeah. And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for reading. Thanks for visiting us. I hope you'll stay if you're from Barry Weiss's Honestly or from my Substack. What else? Keep your white boots clean. We'll see you on the next time. This is Nebulous Media Podcast. (laughs) 